Yo. Yo, Counter Tap Podcast. Ugh. With myself, Daps. Back again. Guys, I've been ill, man. This flu tried to rub me up, man, but I'm back here, so that's why I went around last week. But yeah, man, this flu tried to rub me there. Anyway, we're back. So I want to quickly do give you something, at least a little half hour quickly. And um, Happy New Year. Yeah, this is the first of the year. Yeah, so Happy New Year, guys. And um, this is going to be a great year, man. I, I can feel it. I can really, really feel it that it's going to be a great year this year. So, um, as always, make sure you keep liking, subscribing, sharing, all of that good stuff. I've got no haircut. Ugh. So, got the hat on and everything today. But make sure you keep liking, subscribing, sharing. <coughs> Still got a cough. But, um, yeah. In the comments, let me know what you think, as always. Hashtag counterattack podcast on Twitter. Follow up on the socials at Dapo CEO at counterattack pod on Insta. Um, oh, make sure you guys follow the TikTok as well. That's where I put up most of the clips. So a lot of the, a lot of the clips go up on the TikTok and um, they do quite well. I, I keep putting up these little clips that um, build engagement. So yeah, just, just let me know, man. And um, yeah, so I think this week as well, I am releasing my documentary, Son of the Soil. So hopefully you guys check it out as well. Just And when you see it, please, guys, just leave a comment. Son of the Soil documentary out this week. And leave a comment, build the engagement, share it, and do all of that stuff. You know, if you don't, don't, don't want to do that with the videos, the podcast, then fair, then fair enough. But I worked hard on this documentary, and I really hope that you guys like it and enjoy it. So that's out this week. And um, it's basically just showing what life is like for football players in Nigeria. So... Those of you who are newest to the podcast know, I mean, might not know that I actually played professional football. And um, I spent some time playing in Nigeria. So I went back to my old team in Nigeria to just show what life was like for me as a player out there and whatnot. So, <coughs> yeah, make sure, you, make sure you check it out. And um, we're just going to get straight into it. I'm recording this before the Arsenal match. So hopefully by the time this comes out, by the time this comes out, you're not going to, you know, there's not going to be no upset. And Arsenal just needs to get the job done in it. So let me let me even look at the starting lineup. It should be out by now. So the starting lineup is. I hope I see Sambi playing. Right, let's see. Mexico. We don't need to see Mexico. Uh, here we go. Lineups. El Neni, Gabriel, Holden, Lokonga, Martinelli, Nketiah, Saka, Tini, Tomiyasu, Vieira. Okay, cool. Oh, Smith Rowe on the bench. Nice to see. Who's in goal? Matt Turner. Okay, cool. So, hopefully I'll just get that over the line. I don't need no tricky, no tricky affairs, please. And obviously, the winner of that plays Man City in Manchester. So... Yeah, of all the ties that we could have got, they gave us that tie. I don't know, man. I I just feel like they don't want Arsenal doing the double, the treble. So, ugh. anyway, I don't even want to talk about that. But what I do want to talk about and where I do want to start off is obviously Gareth Bale has retired today. And we've spoken about Gareth Bale before in this podcast. 
and uh, the conversation has come up again whether or not he's the he's the greatest British footballer and again I'm going to put him down as he's going down as one of the greats I think he he might be and I said it before I need to find an old clip of it he might be the best British player of all time do you know what I mean he he, he is someone that if he if he was English they would lick his ass they would 100% lick his ass over it but because he's Welsh I, I think that's the reason why he doesn't get that tag of you know the best British player and he's above Rooney for me because I think when people talk <coughs> sorry when people talk when people talk about great British footballers the person who they talk about most is Rooney. And for me, Bale is above Rooney. Bale is, Bale was a clutch player. Like when we talk about Real Madrid winning those back-to-back Champions Leagues and whatnot, he, he wasn't just a small part of the team. He was an integral part of the team. He was a player who, who literally won it. Obviously, like we're talking about overhead kicks in finals and stuff like that. Like we're talking about a player who even at Tottenham was ruining like so-called so-called world-class defenders. We have not seen Mykon since. We have not seen Mykon since. Obviously, he's old now. He's he's, a, he's an old player now, but he ruined Mykon. Gareth Bale will hundred percent go down for me as of this generation the best, um, the greatest British player, the best British player. Get me? If we're talking about accolades, he's got that. If we're talking about individual ones, he's got that. If we're talking about just like playing at the highest level and and affecting things on, on a world-class level or at a world-class level, you can't look past Bale. And again, the Rooney conversation, people are going to come in and, and say Rooney, Rooney, Rooney. But And I like Rooney. I liked Rooney, but Bale is above Rooney, for me anyway. Like, And you know what's mad? It's not even close. It's not even close. So... And that just lets you know how much I rate Bale. So, you know, Gareth Bale, have a great, happy retirement. All the jokes are coming out about him and golf and whatnot. But, um, yeah, 33, though. Does he really just not fancy it that much? Like, um, at 33, where you'd you'd think that he, he's still got a couple years to go, he would just retire. Like, and fair play to him, rather than staying in and just milking the game, for all the money, I mean, he's he's got enough money as it is. You would you would think so. So that's obviously not a motivator for him. But at thirty three years old, it was a bit premature. But um, well, by by my you know reckoning, but you know, fair play to him and all the best to him. He's he can he can retire knowing he's had the best career. He's had he's won everything at club level. Do you know what I'm saying? And obviously, because he was playing for Wales, he didn't ever win anything at international level but he's he's he had a, a career an international career that he could actually be proud of so fair play to him and, and I just wanted to just say that quickly before um before I got into anything else <coughs> sorry told you I've been ill man guys keep me up in keep me up in your prayers man so right we're gonna get onto the main thing now yeah and I wanted to talk about Chelsea and Chelsea are looking so bad, so bad. And there's two parts of this. There's, there's how bad they're looking considering they've spent so much money. But then there's also the other part where it's, it's Graham Potter 
you know, should he be given more time? Should he be under pressure? And we're going to tackle the, um, the, the, the Graham Potter part first. So I think it would be crazy if you don't give Graham Potter the time. I think it would be crazy if tomorrow, let's just say, we find out that he's been given the sack because at the end of the day, for you to get rid of Tuchel and then bring in Graham Potter, anyway, and the Tuchel sacking was premature for me, but for you to get rid of um, Tuchel and bring in Potter and then just only to not give him time anyway when none of these players are his, none of them, none of these players are his, for you to go and do that, I think it will be very, very bad. I think you, you only have to look at Arsenal, let's say, and look at Arteta and look at how he was given the time to actually have a couple transfer windows, bring in his own players and Im- like impose his um, imprint on imprint, imprint, imprint on the team. So I think you've got to give Graham Potter time. And I know it's not looking nice. I know it's looking dead, in which, which brings me to the other point of how bad they're looking. But you have to because... The players that are currently there now, they're just not good enough. They just need a total refresh. You know, we're looking at Aubameyang. Oh, my gosh. And anyone that knows me knows Aubameyang's my guy. You get me? But he's looking like he's just not bothered in the slightest. He's looking like he can't be bothered to run. He can't be bothered to to to, to really contribute. Like, he's, he's not bothered. He's just not bothered. And, you know, the FA Cup tie yesterday at Man City, he got left out. And I think when you have no strikers and you're still leaving them out, it says a lot. So I can't see him. I think they're going to probably try to get rid of him in the summer. I mean, during January. But where does he go? Who's going to take him for the money that he's probably on as well? If I was him anyway, at that point in my career, I'm chilling. I am not going anywhere. Like, whatever, however much money I'm on there, I'm chilling. And I don't know why they gave him a two-year contract. Was it a two-year with an option? I don't know. But I know he's definitely got two years. Has he got an option? I don't know. I don't know. Mum. My mum is calling me. So, he just looked looked so uninterested. And and I I, I don't know what they're going to do with him. But then, you have habits. And, again, I'm... I like Havertz. And actually said he's actually a really, really good player. And I, I still believe he is a really, really good player. But what do you do? What's his, what's his position? What's Havertz's best position? Because they're playing him as, as the front man and he's not convincing. And you can't play him as false nine because he ain't got the, the style to be doing false nine. And on top of that, he ain't surrounded by the players to... to sorry, he ain't surrounded by the players needed to play as a false nine. So what do you do with him? And then you've got Raheem Sterling, who is literally looking like their only bright spark. Raheem Sterling, like, but he can't do it all by himself. And I look at Raheem Sterling and, and I feel like he might look at this team and just think, boy, there's a lot to do here. Do you get what I'm saying? He might. I, I feel like Raheem Sterling probably looks at his, his whole Chelsea thing. And it's funny because I think Pep, and obviously I know nothing, but I think Pep looks at the Raheem Sterling situation thinking, he probably shouldn't have sold him. And I think Sterling looks at the Man City um, situation thinking, look, looking at his Chelsea situation thinking he probably shouldn't have left. So neither of them have benefited from, from that move. If 
in my opinion. I think um, I think that Chelsea, he's doing it by himself. That's why he's pulling hamstrings. Because, mate, how much running do you want the guy to do? Like, he's, he's literally carrying that, that attack on his back. And now that he's gone, I don't know how... I don't know what that Chelsea team looks like. I don't know... You know, you see that they're relying on youngsters. And one thing I will say about the youngsters is that they've got some good youngsters. Get me? Even when you look at Carney, Chukwameka, and then you've got um, Omar Hutchinson, but then Zakaria. Listen, Zakaria's looking so good. It just makes you wonder why he hasn't been playing. Do you know what I mean? And then you've got Fofana, the um, defender who's obviously out injured. You've got Shalaba. Like, one thing about them is that if they can get it, if they can get the right manager, and it might be Potter who can tap into these youngsters. In the future, Chelsea are going to be a problem, I I believe, because they've got, they look like they're just investing heavy in young talent, like the good good young talent, and giving them these super long contracts. We're seeing seven year contract, six year contracts. Do you know what I mean? Like they're giving them these long contracts, and and it's they're looking like they're building for the future. But obviously, if you're going to do that. You're gonna suffer in the now. You're, like they don't have they don't have it. So this is, might be like a throwaway season for Chelsea, which is why I don't think that they'll get rid of Potter. I think I think they realize their team right now isn't up to par. It's is actually below par by a lot. And I think they know that with the investment that they're making in the younger players, they're going to need time. So it wouldn't make sense sacking Graham Potter because Graham Potter is actually a very good manager. He's actually a very good coach. So you just need to give him give him the time. And whether or not he does, whether or not they do, then um, remain, remains to be seen. But on top of that as well, I was looking at their... When you look at their transfer strategy, I saw that they wanted to buy Mudrick. And I don't know. I just feel like Chelsea just always want to just steal other people's um, transfers because that Mudrick transfer has come out of nowhere. But suddenly... They're in talks to get him. On top of that, Yao Felix. Where did that come from? And Yao Felix, if he goes from Atletico Madrid to Chelsea, honestly, it would not make any sense to me. That one there, he would... I be, I truly believe he would just... Yeah, he would look so average and so normal in this Chelsea team that, yeah, it will be such a bad move. From, from, from one place where he's in bondage where his flair, his skill, his, his actual God-given talent is in bondage to a style of play, you now want to come to another style of play which, where it will also be in bondage. Where it, in fact, it won't even be in bondage. It will be free, but Chelsea are just rubbish right now. They're just rubbish, and you're not going to shine in that team. And it's, it's, it's hard for players who... So, so Raheem Sterling, he is already a Premier League regular, experienced Premier League player. I expect him to shine. But a player like Yao Felix coming in, nah, nah. But again, I don't, maybe Chelsea are the only ones willing to pay the money for the loan. I don't know because it just doesn't make sense to me. And it slightly doesn't, I can't believe that Arsenal did not go in for him or are not looking like they're going to go in for him. So, you know, it, it remains to be seen what happens on, 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 on that front. But, um, yeah, hopefully Arsenal do actually just go in and get him. But um, what else did I want to talk about? Oh, sugar. Okay, cool. Um, 
transfer young talent, blah, blah, blah. Gareth Bell. Oh, yeah, so I didn't have... Um, in fact, no. Manchester United, actually. I didn't actually write this down. But Manchester United are after... Is it Weghorst? Weghorst? From um, Burnley. So they... And, yeah, so they... And a lot of United fans aren't happy about that. But my thing with that, yeah, is... Okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to find a tweet. I'm going to read the tweet. So people, I think it was Gold, what's his name? That United fan. And I think he does United stand. Is it Andy Goldstein? I don't even know what his name is. Um, one second, I'm going to find it right now. Uh, okay, great. So here it is. Mark Goldbridge, that's it. So, Ten Hag wanted... So, he's he's basically complaining about Veghorst. And, you know, he's he's using his thing to to tweet about him. So, um, one second. So, he, he is saying, Ten Hag wanted Gakpo and really wants Felix. Club have told him there's no money. So, he's having to come up with plan B, with plan D, cheap options. Disgusting they can't back him properly at such an important time. Right. <coughs> Can I just say, yeah? That this whole notion, yeah, that the Glazers aren't backing managers and that Ten Hag isn't being backed, I'm not having that. I'm I'm actually not having that because when you really look at it, and this is a tweet from an Arsenal fan in, in reply to that, because when you really look at it, they've bought players. Get me? So if we're talking about our, uh, managers not really being backed, so listen to this. In Arteta's first transfer window, we signed Cedric and Pablo Mari. Yeah, Cedric and Pablo Mari. In Ten Hag's first transfer window, he was given Anthony, Casemiro, Martinez, Malassia and Eriksson on top of a squad that already cost one billion. Yeah, I'm seeing people try to compare their starts at each club. And and that's true. So if you with the window that that, that they had in summer, you can't say that they aren't backing him. And obviously Weghorst, you know, but you also have to like you also have to look at who is available, which strikers are available in January. I always say no top club lets no top club lets their main striker go in January, especially the ones who are probably playing in Champions League, in Europa. So unless you're gonna pay well well over the odds for that player, you're not gonna just go and go out and sign a striker and 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 when they talk about strikers, like which strikers do they want? Osimhen, not getting him. Champions League in January when Napoli are are flying and and want to win the title. Um, who else is there? Harry Kane. I don't even know why I mentioned Harry Kane, but they're not going to get him. Like like, what strikers are there in world football today who are available in January? So when so when United fans start arguing and. And saying that they're not being backed and they're annoyed at the veg horse transfer and whatever. Like, what strikers are they trying to get in January that is readily available to, to leave their club and, and, and play? Like, let me know because if I'm, I might be wrong here in it and whatnot. And if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But let me know. But I think when you come and say that the Glazers haven't been backing your players, I mean, your managers and, and whatever. But you look at Ericsson. No, not Ericsson. Ericsson wasn't even last season. Ericsson wasn't... Temp- is this Ericsson's first? No, it is. 
Yeah, it is. So you've got Ericsson, you've got, um, yeah, Casemiro, you've got um, Ericsson, Casemiro, Anthony with, Anthony was what, 100 million? Come on, leave it out. Leave it out. Please, please, please. Malassia, leave it out. Leave it out. Like, we're not, like, yeah, let's behave, let's behave. So, you know, your Man United are being backed, but I think sometimes you just got to be sensible. And if I'm being, you know, a bit, you know, biased here or whatever, then then let me know, innit, and then we can discuss that. But, yeah. And Martinez. How can I forget Martinez? Do you know what I mean? It's, he is being backed, but you just have to also use sense. Like, you guys let me know in the comments what strikers you, you believe that he should have got. So, um, also, while we're on United... I saw um I saw the Ronaldo rule where there's a there's now a salary cap because the manager Ten Hag doesn't want players um earning too too much more uh, earning much more than sorry not too much more sugar earning much more than other players because he doesn't want it to divide and I think obviously there's players already at United who are on more money than than that and that's fine but I think it's all good in theory. But until the, until that there's that one player who United really really want that top top world class player who who isn't gonna just come and just get two hundred thousand. They would never have got Casemiro on two hundred thousand. Um, never get me like so. I think that Ronaldo rule is is all good until you get players who know they can get more than that, or you want to get players in who. Who you have to pay, you have to pay more. So that one, I think, for like squad players and whatnot. But if United really want to compete and really go to where they need to to be, I think they're gonna have to bend that rule. But again, all these rules up, you know, you can always bend any of these rules for the right player. So you know, it sounds good in theory, but um, and to be honest, two hundred salary. In fact, when I really think about it, a two hundred thousand pound a week salary cap for a team isn't. Like you're gonna have like <coughs> sorry, you're gonna have like two or three, maybe four players above that. But for the most part, people are not just walking around unless you're Man City, unless you're PSG, Real Madrid, and them teams. You're not just you you've not just got a whole bunch of players just on over two hundred thousand pounds. So I think that is more than enough. I think, you know, I don't think that I don't think it's, it should be a problem until you really want to start getting into the world-class categories until you really want to start getting the best players in who who are touted, who have been touted to the biggest clubs, who the biggest clubs are trying to get and you have to compete with them for, you know, their signatures. That's when it's going to be an issue. But for the most part, it should be okay now that I actually think about it. And Ronaldo, I've not spoken about Ronaldo. Right. So Ronaldo, one second. So yeah, Ronaldo, I've not really spoken about this transfer and 
because obviously I was away last week. But I do want to I do want to touch on that and say that. Do you know what? I think it's crazy that people say Ronaldo is finished for going to Al Al Nasser. I don't know how to pronounce it. So if, if I'm saying it wrong, then forgive me. But we have a player here who, if he decided to retire at 35 years old, no one will say anything. Like, but we're, we're in this time now where people look at him and say, oh, he's ruining his legacy. Ah, oh, he's rubbish now. He's but The guy is 38 years old, getting a 200 million contract and still playing at a level that warrants that contract for him because of who he is. And I don't know what people expect. People think that at 38 years old, I guarantee Messi is not playing at... Um, PSG or a top team he's going to go and he's going to if he's not already retired at the age of 30 38 he's going to go and be playing at a lesser club it's what happens the guy's 38 years old but I think people just want to suddenly just forget and just jump on the bandwagon and just try to rub out Ronaldo and I like Ronaldo a lot but all of the stuff that he's been getting recently I think it's mad I think when you play at a certain level you should be beyond criticism you should be beyond reproach do you know what I'm saying like because he everything he's achieved we probably won't see that again in our lifetimes with the amount of goals and everything we probably won't see that again so I think that him going to Al Nasir and I heard there's a clause in the contract that if Newcastle um, qualify for Champions League he, he gets to go there because they're owned by the same people but I don't know I don't know but still listen fair play to him man and you know, I think when he's gone, when he when he one day retires, people will actually look at him and actually appreciate him more because I I don't see if he decided tomorrow to play for Blackburn Rovers, no one could say anything to him. If he doesn't score another goal, if Ronaldo doesn't score another goal between now and when he finally hands up his boots, nobody can say anything to him. That guy is beyond criticism. I I feel like when you've when you've achieved a certain level, when you've achieved so many things, you should just be beyond. Like you should be able to see out your final years as you see fit. So if he doesn't score another goal, if he doesn't get another assist, ah, right, cool. It's Ronaldo. Like chat to him properly. So that's 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 my take on it. Like people should just leave him alone, and just all of this talk about him being. Um, all this talk about him being finished and blah, blah. Listen, he's put in the shift. He's grafted. Let him live his life in peace now. So that's what I think. Um, I do also want to talk about um, when they asked the French president, the French Football Federation president, I think it was, about if they've been in contact with Zidane and the comment was so disrespectful. Let me find it. It was so disrespectful talking about a whole Zidane like that. Are they crazy? They must be crazy. Um, so. I'm going to find it for you. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Don't worry, sorry, bury me, bury me, bury me. Try 
further find it. Yeah, where it's not coming up. It's not coming up. Yeah, so basically, he basically said, um, he basically said that he hasn't spoken to him and if Zidane did call him, he wouldn't pick up the phone. That's it's such a disrespectful thing to say to, to Zinedine Zidane. A whole Zidane, you wouldn't pick up the phone. And I'm glad Mbappe said what he said. Mbappe, Mbappe weren't having any of that whatsoever. Mbappe just had to come true and say, let me translate that. Zidane is France. We don't disrespect the legend like that. We don't. We don't. Like, and I feel like we're in an era where people just like don't respect crafts anymore. They don't respect, I mean, they don't respect icons and greats of the game. People feel free to just say any and everything that they want to. And it shouldn't be okay. It should not be okay. So with that being said, I'm glad Mbappe's used his platform to say something. And um, yeah, we respect legends, innit? So we need to we need to keep that one keep that one going. So um put the heat in on a bit. So a question was raised by Talksport about Harry Kane saying um, is Harry Kane more concerned about breaking records than he is actually winning like trophies and stuff like that? And do you know what? I'm not mad at that question. I'm actually not mad at that question because the more I watch Harry Kane, I, f I don't know, there's this, there's this air of just like resignment to just being at Tottenham or just being a badsman and never really going to win something. Do you get what I'm saying? And and you can see he loves the records. He loves breaking records. And you you actually see that he's just chasing those records, chasing his records, chasing the records. And I think had he won something by now, it would have been okay. And had he had, no, in fact no. Had had he won trophies, I think his outlook would be very different. And obviously I've not spoken to him or whatever, but you hear him in interviews talking about records, like, that's why he's nice to get records, or he's nice to get records. But I feel like Harry Kane is now at the point now where he, he literally is just on breaking these records. He wants that Premier League golden boot. Not golden boot, sorry, the Premier League all-time record. He wants that record. And it's it's mad. I don't think he, he believes he can go on and do that if he leaves Tottenham. Do you know what I mean? If he get, get, gets taken off 75 minutes, go to Man City, they'll take you off. Go to any of these top clubs, they'll take you off. Do you know what I mean? Like, take you off, fresh legs, come on. Not like at Tottenham, he's playing 90 minutes every game, where even that's FA Cup the other day, whoever they played. Um, what do you call it? Carabao Cup, we were playing 90 minutes. Every game, 90, 90 minutes. So, I think that Harry Kane is at that point now where, um, let me make a call. Harry Kane is at that point where he does actually just care about um, getting the goals and, and breaking the records. That's what I think. So, um, oh. Sorry about that, sorry about that. Let me, let me try and make a call, see if um, Morris calls, I mean, Morris picks up this week. We're just going to get into it very, very quickly. 
I'm going to start introducing calls from like just normal people. no one picks up then we're just gonna leave it at that let's call landon landon loves oh no let's call scorcher ah oh, i don't think scorch is in the country you've dialed an incorrect number he's not using that number anymore to the ee voice okay he's not using that one anymore gosh scorcher yeah uh, oh well oh well um I think that that should be um, that should be it. Let me try Lamin though. In fact, no, 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 no. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that. But yeah, no, guys, that's me. That's me done. Sorry about that. That's me done. Um, we got a guest next week. Guests are back now. So lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, that's it. Keep liking, subscribing, sharing. Right. I've given you over the last couple of weeks. I've given you these short podcasts, but the the long ones are coming back. The guests are coming back. I'm going to have regular people that I can bounce off coming. So don't worry about that. But thank you so much for, for riding with me. Thank you so much for sticking with me this year. We're bigger and better. And again, make sure you check out the documentary coming out this week. 100% this week. So yeah, that's me, guys. I'm out and um, peace.